second annual Bards FM Christmas special. I'm Scott Kesterson. This has been a crazy year. We've seen deception, we've seen the upending of every single thing we thought was sacred has been literally turned on its head. We've never witnessed more division in our country. I would say more fear or more loss of hope of what the future has. And yet this should be a time to celebrate and be excited about what comes. We are in a time right now when the only way we're going to get through what lies ahead is to make sure that we hold on to that love of Jesus, our solid anchor on the rock of faith, that deep relationship with Father God and the trust in the Holy Spirit to bring what we need before us. And so it seemed appropriate this year to dedicate this show to a certain theme, answering the call. God's talking to every one of us right now. And in spite of the division and the seeming impossible odds to get things back together, it's through those hardships and challenges that we learn deeply about ourselves and our relationship with God and what is truly important in this world. This season in the past has been consumed with materialism and the artificiality of whatever Christmas should be. But this season for me, and I would hope for everybody else, has really been a season about focusing in on the intent of what Christmas should be. And regardless of date, it is the most important issue to right now to focus on the intent of the birth and love in our Savior, Christ Jesus. Our world is literally changing in ways we never thought possible. And it's not just here, it's global. And if there's one thing that is, I'm reminded by with Bard's Nation, something that started three years ago with about a hundred followers. We're now global. A podcast that's listened to in over 120 countries and it becomes a center point for so many around the world. And so this message isn't just for those in the United States, it's for everybody. It's for all of those that seek that relationship with God. It's for all of those that are walking with Christ. It's for all of those that find comfort in coming together in a fellowship, which for the sake of this show and for the sake of what is produced each day is Bard's Nation, Bard's FM. So let's take this time to celebrate together the birth of our Savior, to celebrate together the revival of the faith in Father God. Let's take time to listen to our heart and seek the question to find the answer to the simple thing, answering the call. So patriots, let's celebrate the future, not be intimidated by it because the future is literally in our hands and God has given us everything we need to climb this mountain and overcome. So I hope you all are having a very, very blessed evening. I hope you all are finding that love and that power of the Holy Spirit within your family. And I hope you enjoy the program. 
that we're now going to begin. God bless you all, and Merry Christmas. I pray that this video finds you surrounded by loved ones um, in a warm state of fellowship and just reflecting back on the Christmas season and what Christmas is truly about. In our world today, it seems like the true meaning of Christmas many times has been lost. Um, many times it seems like the focus of Christ Christmas um, turns to ourselves and gifts and the big fat guy in the red suit. But for those of us who know what Christmas is truly about and the celebration that this day marks, we know that it's much deeper than a, than a fat guy in a red suit or about how many gifts we get or how much food we eat or how much fun we have. Because the day of Christmas marks the day that the greatest gift that God could have ever given came into this world and that gift was God himself robed in the flesh. As we look to the scriptures, as we understand who God is, who Jesus is, the event that took place on Christmas day and, and the great gift that was birthed into this world. For we know that in the book of John, in John 1, 1, the scriptures tell us that in the beginning was the word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we know that before anything came into existence as we know today, before the galaxies were put into place, before the stars were hung in the sky, before the seas were called to their, to their perimeters, we know that the Word was in the beginning, and the Word was with God, and the Word was, was God. And the story of the virgin birth, we know that the scriptures tell us that the Spirit of God overcame a virgin and she conceived a child and bore a child and birthed a child named Jesus. Jesus was the express image of the Father. Jesus was not a mere baby. Jesus was not a mere prophet. Jesus was not a mere good teacher. Jesus was the Trinity. God knows your trials. He knows your tribulations. He knows your struggles. Because God wants experience those as well. And the greatest victory, the greatest truth of all, is that God is not like us. 
Jesus overcame this world. He overcame every temptation. He overcame every struggle. Jesus never fell short like you and like I have. And by him speaking the truth in such a dark and hateful world, the world hated Jesus. The religious people hated Jesus. The political people hated Jesus. And Jesus, through his love and his mercy and his grace for us, gave us the ultimate sacrifice. And that was the cross that Jesus bore to Calvary. Jesus was not guilty. Jesus was innocent. Yet Jesus paid the punishment of, of, of the guilt that you and I should be responsible for. As Jesus hung on that cross, he hung there an innocent man. He laid down his life, and not only for those that believed in him, but those that hated him. And there's no greater love, as the scriptures tell us, to lay down your life for those that hate you and despise you. But that's a sacrifice that Jesus calls us into in our world today. As we live in a world that is very dark, as we live in a world that is very dangerous, and we live in a world full of accusations and slander much the same as the world that Jesus lived in whenever he walked this planet. We have to continue to be bold and we have to get involved. Where do we do that at? It starts in the Word of God. It starts in your spiritual life. It starts in your prayer life. It starts in your own heart and in your own home. And when that is established and strong, then you're equipped to go out. As you look to Ephesians 6, you put on the full armor of God and you get involved in community. How do you do that? You go to your school board meetings. You go to your county commission meetings. You go to your village council meetings and you go there with the spirit of service. You go there with the spirit of love, but you go there with the spirit of righteousness and consider the hope of Christ this Christmas because the hope of Christ is the truth and the truth will set you free. I thank you so much for allowing me this opportunity. Scott Casterson, Barnes FM. Thank you, brother, out there for all you do. Thank you for the prayer warriors, the men of faith and the women of faith that stand on that platform, that trust in God. Thank you for Brad Cummings and this wonderful Founders Bible right here. If y'all don't have a Founders Bible, I encourage you to pick one up, to study it, to read it, to look deeper into the foundations of our nation and the men of old who led us to the place where we're at today. Pray for other American heroes that are locked up and being treated as POWs. They need your support. Look up StopHate.com, Dave Summerall. And if you can give to that platform, that money will be taken care of. It will go to not only support the defendants, but also their families who have been absolutely decimated. Never quit. Never be threatened and never back down. Don't let the world try to shame you into silence. Get loud, be proud, stand firm and stand tall because you live in the greatest nation in the world. America is a city set on a hill. America is a beacon for all other nations to follow. We have to remember who we are. We have to stand strong and courageous. 
We have to trust in God and only God in the name of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to push forward with the type of faith of our forefathers. And if we can do that and do that together, our nation will be stronger, greater, and more resilient than it's ever been. But thank you for clicking in. Thank you for loving the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for celebrating Christmas. And never, ever, ever give up because we're going to get through this. God bless you. Thank you very much. Well, here we are celebrating Christmas with Bards FM. Thank you, Scott, for inviting us into your world. Ted and I are so grateful to have you in our lives and to know you. And I know we are really proud to be patriots, to be Christians, and to be with you on this very important time of year. Well, we wish everybody a Merry Christmas. In fact, during the Christmas season, we have to remember that this unique experiment in self-government was directly by the hand of God so that slavery and tyrants and dictators and genocidal maniacs could be put in their place and never be allowed to control the American people, the free people, the unique free American dream that is cherished by so many American families. So we're gonna be radical in our celebration of Christmas, Thanksgiving every day, Independence Day every day, Memorial Day every day, Veterans Day every day, and we celebrate good over evil, especially this time of year with all our good, loving family and friends and neighbors. And most importantly, Shemaine and I are extremely radical because we celebrate God, family, country, Constitution, Bill of Rights, Ten Commandments, the Golden Rule, the Declaration of Independence, that American work ethic, man in the arena and the swirling dust of the challenge of being the best that we can be. We stumble and fall down once in a while, but we get right back up and dust ourselves off and plow forward with positive over the negative and law and order, law and order, all those extreme radical concepts that bring the greatest quality of life in the history of mankind. So celebrate Christmas with all your heart and soul and remember that America is worth it and America is alive and well. There's way more positive, loving, giving, conscientious, cocky, funny, hardworking Americans than the other side. So never give up. Hope runs eternal, and the Nugent family wishes all great American families the best Christmas of your life, especially Sadie. Especially Sadie, yes. <laughs> and we have Coco, and you remember Happy. They are they are here. Oh, they're, they're right by the door, actually. So celebrate like you mean it. We are so grateful to be here for a time such as this, as Esther 414 says, and I do believe that that's... That's why we're here. We have to stay strong and keep the faith, eyes forward, eyes focused on God. And we are so grateful again to know you, Scott, to have you, to be able to call you a friend. So thank you to you for what you're doing. You are truly changing lives and we're happy to be part of Bard's Nation. Scott, we love you. We love all the wonderful, wonderful families of this great nation and around the world. And we pray for eternal freedom life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, especially during the Christmas season. Merry, Merry Christmas, everybody. Keep that spirit alive and never ever give up because the Lord is on our side. Now this might look like deer hunting camo, but it's actually the armor of God.
I am wearing the armor of God during the spiritual war where we, the good people of America, shall overcome. God bless. Godspeed. Merry Christmas, everybody. Good evening, Bars Nation. When Scott asked me to do this video, I was excited. I love doing these Christmas special collaborations with such amazing patriots and Christians in this movement. You guys have become a big part of my life and a big family over these last couple of years. I started Kilted Christian in April of this year. And by the time my year um, anniversary comes around, we're gonna be over 300 episodes in, which is pretty exciting but I'm gonna have to do another 20 shows a day, seven days a week to even think about catching up with what Scott's produced over these last couple of years. Absolutely impressive. We are very thankful to Scott. He's got one of the kindest hearts. He loves this family. He loves this country. He loves God and he's a great inspiration. So when he made this theme, answering the call, is what the theme of this Christmas special is. I was really excited to get an opportunity just to talk about the gifts that God have given us and how we need to answer that call. Do we know what we're doing in this war? Do we know what God had intended? Do we have the discernment to understand where we're heading? And that's the beauty is together collectively in this family, we've got so many different skills that are gonna be huge attributes in this war that we're going through right now. And I'm absolutely grateful to be here with all of you. So guys, I made this video for the Answering the Call theme this Christmas. I hope you enjoy. It is so exciting looking back at the life of Jesus from his birth, teachings, and sacrifice. When I read about the birth of our Lord, I can't help but appreciate that on that very day, with the first cry of the newly born Christ, our salvation was set in motion. Even though it was the death that set us free, the death could not have been possible without the birth. Jesus Christ was born with a mission. So were we. Just like Jesus' disciples and apostles had a mission, so do we. The Lord asked very little of us. He asked that we repent for our sins. He asked that we accept Christ into our hearts, which is our key to salvation. He also asked that we spread the gospel, which won't get us into heaven, but it's proof of our faith and genuine love for God and his children. We can't save other souls, but we can certainly introduce them to the one who can. Although it is not our deeds, but our relationship with Jesus that gets us into heaven, as Christians, we should elect to serve the Heavenly Father in every way that we can while we are here in this land of affliction. Through prayer, through act of kindness, through humility, with love, we all seek change through peace, but must also be ready to flip tables or throw rocks if that is what is inevitably required. We act not on our own will, but that of the Almighty. Our Father did not put us here just to eat, work, sleep, and repeat but has chosen each of us to be here on this very day for a specific contribution that we will make in this great war between good and evil. He has given us each different talents and strengths that have been finely tuned over our entire lives. Even before we knew God, He knew us. Even before we started serving God, He was preparing us for the day that we would. While evil fights to destroy what it hates, we as Christians must only fight to protect what we love not from the hate that can dwell from flesh towards those that have wronged us, but from the righteous anger that comes when those that we love are in danger. The dangers of physical harm, the dangers of indoctrination, 
the dangers of losing our freedom and the dangers of losing our religious rights. Christ warned us that we would be persecuted for loving him, that there would be a time where the teaching of wholesome values would be rejected as man picked teachers who teach their own perversions. Man would be treacherous, reckless, self-absorbed, lovers of the earth rather than lovers of God. Some of man would serve God, some would reject God, but no bigger disappointment than those who know God yet do nothing. The only way for this evil to prevail is for good people to stand by and do nothing. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. While many will turn their back on Christ, we need to stand firmly by his side. When people fail to notice or thank God for his miracles, we must be the ones who tell humanity by falling to our knees in gratitude. Jesus said that we would be a lesson to the world, so let that lesson be heard loudly through the love of Christ. We are the feet, the hands, and the voices that our Heavenly Father utilizes to get things done here on earth. He sets us on our mission being present for the send-off, the journey, and the delivery. We must remain active in this fight. We must stay aware. We must be vigilant. But we must also recognize that the moment that God set us on this mission, the war was already won. No different than the moment that Christ was born. As Father keeps all of his promises, we can proceed with confidence and certainty. Fear not the swords that will be used against us. Fear not the spells that are cast upon us. Simply breathe in the love of our Lord and pray in thanks for the miracles he performs and the justice he will bring. But we must also serve him in this war until the day he takes us home. I want to thank all of you guys just for being such amazing people. It's been wonderful to be part of the the ever-growing um, group within Bard's Nation, the family, the people that just come together with prayer and unity, reaching out and helping each other, just like good Christians should be doing. And we're going to be building this network a little bigger over the next year, and I'm really excited bringing more people on. It's going to be the Bard's News Network or whatever we decide to go with, whatever Scott decides to go with, but it's exciting because we have so many opportunities on the horizon. And I look forward to getting even more active and busier in this war as we figure out what we need to do in order to win this country back, to make it a free land again, to maintain the values that we have within this land, removing the evil we have a long ways to go, but it's not going to get done unless we answer the call. We know Christ is going to come back. We know he's going to bring us to heaven, but we don't know when. So he doesn't want us sitting idle during this time because idle hands are the tools of the devil, and the devil's going to take advantage of that. We need to be on God's side and doing everything that we can, but it's going to happen. We're fortunate enough to know how this ends, and that end of the book is that God wins. So we just need to go forward with confidence, with trust, knowing that things are going to get taken care of, but being very active in the process because God is utilizing all of this in amazing ways in order to fight this war. So guys, it's an honor to be here with all of you. Scott, thank you so much for all that you do, man. You have become a brother and I absolutely love you. And I look forward to getting more information out here in the future, building this news network, becoming what the mainstream media used to be. This is going to be our duty, guys, going forward, and I'm, I'm proud to be part of it. But I'm going to end this just like I do every single night on Kilted Christian. Guys, I love you. Make sure you head on over to Fishers of Men, Bards FM. End your night with a little bit of love, a little bit of prayer, and a whole lot of unity because we're going to need this more and more as we're heading into the future. Guys, I love you very, very much. Merry Christmas. 
and God bless. Hey, Bards family, Merry, Merry Christmas to you all. Uh, I was gonna do a Christmas video while walking outside, but right now in Ohio, it's about negative 40 with the wind chill. So instead I'm sitting here next to my cozy, warm wood burning stove, which we just put in, so good timing. Um, I just wanna wish everyone the most wonderful Christmas season. And you know, for me, when we head into Christmas, especially now, I'm just reminded of the miracle that was shown to us on Christmas Day with the birth of Christ. And just to think about how dark the world was at that time. I mean, really, I know it feels like there's just so much darkness surrounding us right now, but there have been times on this earth when the darkness was much, much darker, when they were killing the firstborn children, or you know, there, there were massive you know, groups of people that were enslaved. Um, it's, yeah, there's just a lot to reflect on with that. And so as we're entering into this holiday season, it just reminds me, it's like, okay, hey, Seth, come on, stay positive. You know, have hope for humanity, have hope for future, uh, which I do, I, I really, really do. And I also just wanna, just to, to thank Scott and what he's done and what he's created with Bards Nation and everyone that's around it, because if you, if you look around, there's not a whole lot of unifying uh, voices out there. There's a lot of division, there's a lot of separation, and I think there's a lot of people that have become, uh, they've fallen victim to false narratives and all kinds of things that will lead people astray. And I think that Scott's done a great job of, of really helping to bring people together around the right purpose. And you know, it, it's people like him that do give me hope for the future. So I just, I, I really, I wish you the most warm and sincere Christmas with your family. Um, I, whether you're doing fantastic or you're struggling right now, um, just know that we're gonna get through this. We absolutely will. And it's through all of us working together. It's through our faith. It's through our, the truth that we've been discovering and sharing, the knowledge that we've been given and the wisdom that we have. And so, yeah, I just, to me that the, the feeling of this Christmas season is genuinely one of hope. I'm truly hopeful for the future. Not to say that we won't have some difficult times, right? Not to say we won't have some tough times, but um, we're gonna get through it. And I can't wait to get to the other side. So again, thank you everyone. Have a very, very Merry Christmas. And oh yeah, this is Seth Holhouse from Man in America. Maybe you've heard me, you've heard my voice on Scott's uh, podcast, but uh, actually most of what I do is video. And so maybe you haven't seen me before on my own show. So. Yeah, again, this is uh, Man in America coming to you from here in the cold, cold, cold state of Ohio right now. Merry Christmas and have a happy new year. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Eric Naputi. I hope you're having an amazing day. I just wanna wish all of you out in Bards FM Nation a merry, merry Christmas. Don't forget that Jesus is the reason for the season. It's so great to be with you all. It has been an amazing year. So many amazing things have happened and, and so much of this happened because of you, because of your diligence, because of your staying plugged in, because of you staying in the game. And that's one thing that God told me at the beginning of this year was, Eric, just make sure you stay in the game. We got to remember that Jesus is the reason for the season. And so many of you, like myself out there, have had a very interesting uh, season filled of, with pressure and with loss. 
Many of us have lost many things. Maybe you too have lost some things. Maybe you've lost some friends and family. Maybe you've lost relationships. Maybe you've lost respect for certain things that you used to hold near and dear to your life. But that narrowing down, that, that, that God pulling the weeds out of your garden, you get to this little area of, of what really truly matters. And what really truly matters is your relationship with God and your relationship with Jesus and loving individuals. You know, many of you like myself have had a lot of pressure a lot of pressure put on you over the last couple years, but especially this last 12 months. But I want you to understand something about pressure. Pressure is necessary. P pressure and pain are so important. You see, we've been trained wrong about all those things. We've been, we've been taught that we need to run away from pain and run towards pleasure. But pain is necessary. Pain is the pressure that's needed to push that anointed oil out of your body to, to help get you past the test so that you can have something of a blessing on the other end of it. You know, when I was having some interesting conversations with God about halfway through 2022, he was telling me, Eric, I need you to stay in the game. I need you to embrace the pressure. I need you to understand that that, that dirt that people are throwing on you when people are talking bad about you in the press or, or when the demons and devils are talking bad, don't forget, they're not talking about you. They're talking about Jesus and the Holy Spirit who lives and reigns inside of you. You see, Jesus is the truth and the devil hates the truth. Please don't ever forget that and don't ever stop sharing the truth. But God told me, he says, we've got to have that dirt because that dirt that gets thrown on you is soil. And son, you're nothing more than just a seed. And all that dirt and all that soil and all that pressure comes and it germinates and it pushes that, that seed that I put inside you to get more and more and more pressure. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's going to explode into the abundance and the growth and the blessing that I've anointed you to be. And every one of you has an individual anointing. Every one of you has a purpose. All of us need to continue to stay in the game and understand that that pressure that we have, that we've survived, that we've proven over the past three years that we've been able to, without a shadow of a doubt, survive the pressure of the world. <laughs> the world. The world hasn't got nothing on our Jesus. They got nothing on God. Let me just tell you, please understand, you are, you are in the season right now where you're supposed to be. All of us have an opportunity to show up, to stand up, and to speak up better. But I'm going to encourage all of us to continue not just to, to pray, but to also pray while you shuffle your feet. Pray while you have acts. We've got to have acts of service. We've got to support one another. We've got to show up at each other's events. We've got to share the messages. You should be sharing the, every single thing that you hear on Bards FM with all your friends and family members and loved ones because the day of reckoning is upon us. It's already happening. And if we can show up with love in our heart, love in our heart and true forgiveness and understanding, you see, I used to be, early on in this battle, I used to be so upset with all the people that couldn't see. They couldn't see what I saw. They couldn't hear what I was hearing. They couldn't receive what we were telling them. And I would get frustrated and I would get mad with them. But I didn't realize it was because they weren't ready to receive. And by slowly educating and loving and being the change that we wanted to see, we've now been able to impact tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions 
of souls across this planet. And it's all because of us and you staying diligent. So I want to encourage you to continue to, to be strong, keep smiling, love one another and show up with love and forgiveness. Repentance is so important. And I hope that you've repented right now, but I hope that you can forgive those because we ask God to forgive the trespasses that we've had against him. And we need to forgive those that have trespassed against us. And, and I just want to leave you with just this word of encouragement. We got this. You got this. Lord, let's just pray together and bless this amazing Christmas season for what it is. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you so much, God, for Oh, for Jesus, for coming and, and, and for the sacrifice, God, and for what Jesus taught us, God. Thank you so much, Father. We just thank you during this Christmas season that we remember that Jesus is the true reason for the season. We are excited and we are appointed. We are anointed for such a time as this. And we thank you, God, for choosing us. And we thank you, God, for giving us a deeper relationship with you. And we thank you, God, for everything. Your ways are greater than our ways, God. And we just thank you for the Christmas season and the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Bards Nation, I love and appreciate you more than ever. Let's finish this year strong. Let's make 2023 the year that we all got set free. I love you guys more than you could ever imagine. I thank you and I thank every one of you for supporting me and my personal fight with what we're doing against the devil right now. And, and I couldn't do it if it wasn't for the prayers and the strength and the support for all of you at Bards FM Nation. So I hope to see you all soon. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Eric Naputi. God bless you, God bless America, and God bless the world. Stay smart out there, folks, and protect your babies. I love you guys. Merry Christmas. Well, hi, everybody, and Merry Christmas. Uh, normally, Joy would be sitting right here next to me, but um, for obvious reasons, she's uh, not here. Uh, she is somewhere else, and we just welcomed a new addition to our family. Yeah, this is Brianna. This is our third grandbaby. I am in Florida in a hospital right now with her at the moment. <laughs> yeah, she wanted to make it in for Christmas. So this yeah. is a, yeah. the family's a Christmas present. Uh, so Georgia, our daughter, and uh, gave birth to the third grandbaby. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's amazing. We're just collecting them. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, but we're, we're, we're really honored to be asked to say hi to you this Christmas. Scott called us up and, and asked us to, to say a few words. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you think about, you know, new baby coming into the world and just the power of one life and, you know, the power of just somebody deciding that, you know, hey, my voice matters and that I have you know, an effect on the world, much like it's a wonderful life. And, uh, George Bailey. And, you know, we, we watch that movie every single year at Christmas time, but it really, really holds true. I think even more so now than ever before. Um, and the fact that, you know, one person can make such a, a massive, massive difference in the world. Yeah. Yep. And we're so excited to, uh, be celebrating this one person 
as much as we are celebrating each individual. And so we are honored and humbled to be a part of your guys' day. And we just are excited about what your future is going to look like as well. So thank you for letting us come into your space right now. And we hope that you have a very, very Merry Christmas and that you have a hope-filled New Year as times look very crazy right now. Um, you know, you're still the light of the world. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's the thing that I would want everybody to remember is that everybody's voice matters. Everybody's voice, you know, just because, um, you know, we happen to be filmmakers or we happen to be, you know, have a podcast, uh, doesn't mean that, that our voice is any more important than anybody else's. Uh, you know, every single person has an effect on the world. And, you know, just remember that because you're just, you're, you're, as especially as we go into this new year, like Joy was saying, with all of the craziness that's happening in the world and, you know, our voices never mattered more than any other time. And, you know, being willing to stand up in your local communities or, or just, you know, um, doing, doing what's right because it's right and not because it may be the most popular thing. Uh, doing something because it's principled, not because of the results that you're going to get, but because it's the right thing to do um, is, is something that we all need to remember and we all need to hear and we need to answer that call on our life because all of us have that call. All of us have some sort of reason that we were born. You know, Brianna is just stepping into this planet for the first time and her her life is going to unfold. But that little girl has a destiny on her life and every single person has a destiny on their life. And um, yeah, it's just it, it's just such a profound idea. Yeah. <laughs> See, she's already starting to, to, to share. So, but yeah, she uh, has lots of things to say. She's very, um, she's a very peaceful, very calm individual. She's also very smart and very alert when she's awake and has, she's going to speak her mind just like her mama does. Yeah. In, in a very impactful way. But right now, I think that this is the time where, as we're finding out more and more information and things are coming to the light. You know, my concern for people is that they put their head in the sand because they want to avoid avoid the pain and stress mm. of everything. And the only way that we can actually avoid that is if we face it and we process mm. it and we do what we can do in our lives. Because if you stick your head in the sand, your rear end is going to get whacked and uh, <laughs> it's going to be fun situation. So right now, um, during this holiday season, spend the time that you can with your loved ones do what matters most to you and make sure that you are doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do not because you're doing something and following other people or it's the easy thing to do right well and i think that's you know a lot of people have been talking about the the book of revelation i've been reading through a lot of that recently and i think the encouraging thing about the book of revelation is that you know we are on the side of the king of kings we are on the side of the lord of lords and uh he's the one who wins in the end and you know the the encouragement to the churches that that book was written to was that 
you know, they were facing crazy persecution uh, from Nero. It was a it was a fledgling new movement, and they had never experienced the kind of persecution that they were about to experience. And Jesus was sending his love letter to them saying, hold fast, overcome. Mm-hmm. And that holds true today. It's still the same thing, right? We're supposed, we are overcomers in him. And those that believe in righteousness and truth, doesn't matter how dark the darkness gets, the light will shine forth. And I think that we are walking into a time period in history where it, it's, you know, it might look different, but light is going to shine brighter than it ever has before. And I think it's going to expand across the planet. So I think there's a lot to look forward to this year. It's really exciting. Just remember that we are on the side of the one who wins and every single person matters. So don't ever forget that. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Yep. Merry Christmas and and happy, happy new year. Gather your friends and your loved ones around and uh, make sure that you spend time on what matters. So, all right. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you, Scott, for inviting me to join Bard's Nation for a Christmas greeting. I'm remembering what it is in my life to spend Christmas Day in the hospital. I used to do that year after year when I was single or didn't have kids and let the people that had families stay home. Well, uh, things come full cycle. And this year we're delaying our Christmas to January because my son is doing trauma call on Christmas. So leave it to the young guys now. So I'd like to give thanks to all of the people that are doing that. I know that People will be, uh, you know, we've got policemen out there. We've got firefighters, ambulance drivers, the people that are there when you get sick on Christmas, um, Border Patrol, our military, of course. Thank you all for what you do and for working on this Christmas Day. One of the things that we can do that would be the greatest gift we could do at Christmas is that as physicians, we could find out a way to get so many people Uh, out of this vaccine nightmare. And I think actually we are getting close. I think we have lots of good ideas and we can't wait for 30 year double blind studies. We have to do what doctors have done over ages. We talk to each other, we compare notes, we actually treat patients and we get the results. And what we're finding out is there are things we can do to help people who have taken the vaccine. So I have it on my website, themedicalrebel.com. I've got two things. I've got a parasite video. I think everyone should watch that. And I also have a list of what to do for vaccine remorse. It's under the red bar for for, uh, information. Take a look at this. Whether you've had the vaccine or not, there's lots of good information. And especially with the parasites, we should all do it. And I'm just going to summarize some of this as my Christmas message to help. Um, do a parasite protocol. Parasites are at the heart of this. That's why the six words they don't want us to say on TV, it's not seven like George Carlin had, it's six words now. And it's nitazoxanide, chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, fenbendazole, and chlorine dioxide. There's a reason they don't want us to say those six words because they work. It's, it's an, it's, those are all anti-parasitic drugs. So look at the protocol, do it. It, it improves your health whether you've had the vaccine or not. But I think it's critical for those who've had the vaccine. I think the other thing is to get rid of the Rouleau formation. We've got carbon-60 um, 
that's been a big help to a lot of people. It takes out heavy metals and it also gets rid of the electron problem that causes the clots in your in your um, smaller vessels. So take a look at that. Uh, I've got some on my side. I use Greska's Carbon 60. I wouldn't go cheap. I, there are lots of imitators out there and other brands, but you can get Greska's anywhere. You don't have to get it off my site. I really think you should look at Carbon 60. And I also look at sublingual EDTA that you can get at a health food store. You can get an IV chelation of EDTA. That information is just coming in that that might help get rid of this, this graphene oxide. It makes sense to me. It also gets rid of heavy metals and does things. You don't want to be on it forever, but you do pulses of it. A couple. I've done this for a long time. A couple times a year for two months, I take EDTA under the tongue. It helps clean out your arteries. It helps do multiple things. Um, so those are just some of the suggestions. The rest are on my website. But I think we should go into 2023 with a positive attitude because we're winning. These guys are scared that are that are at the top of this pyramid that are running this show. And it's because all of us have stood up as individuals and we've been refusing to roll over to them. So let's keep doing that. Don't be afraid going into 2023. Fear is, uh, as, as it says in Dune, fear is the great mind bender. Fear is not what God wants you to be uh, projecting. Um, we need to be strong. We need to put on the whole armor of God. This is a time of the birth of the Christ child to remember why we're here, what we do, uh, that we are children of God. And when we go into 2023, I think we're going to see some big changes. Just like any war, if you think about World War II, we've been in war for several years now. Don't, you know, it's easy to get depressed and, and you're war weary. I get it. I'm war weary also. But at the end of the day, what happened? At World War II, there was fighting. It was all depressing and it was all going on for four years. And then suddenly it was over. And I think that's what we're going to see here. I'll tell you one little vignette that makes me very hopeful that we're winning. Um, I had Mitch Gerber on my show to talk about the human body part trafficking, especially in China. He's lived on the Chinese border for years and has been trying to save the Falun Gong from having their organs harvested. And in case you didn't know what was going on, they would arrest uh, Falun Gong, which are the, the religious practitioners that just do a non believe in nonviolence outdoor exercise every day. They don't smoke, they don't drink. So everyone likes their organs, right? Well, the Falun Gong, the Christians, the Buddhists, and the Uyghurs have been targeted by the Chinese bad guys, just like us. They have a bad deep state and they have the good guys and we have bad guys and good guys. So the bad guys have been targeting these groups, arresting them, putting them in concentration camps. And then someone from overseas who needs an, a, a new organ that can't get it on the normal transplant schedule, they call up, they get put on the list, they find somebody that blood types with them, and then they fly over. They go to these big fancy hospitals in China, and they literally do a live transfer from this poor victim to the patient that's buying the organ. Now, it's 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 the organ just to let you know body parts are the number one money in the world that keeps the deep state running so here's what mitch gerber said to me he said the housing bubble the debt problem that's happening in china right now because their whole building situation is built on debt you build and you're still in debt and you keep using the new buildings to pay off the debt on the last buildings so it's a it's a it's kind of a ponzi scheme you need to keep building well they suddenly they're in trouble. And although they call it a housing bubble, guess what? It's a hospital bubble. 
because those big transplant hospitals are suddenly sitting empty. Now, what does that say? He, he, he didn't quite recognize this. And I said, Mitch, this is a good sign. <laughs> what does that say? It says somebody somewhere is stopping this trafficking. And that is our hope for the future. I think that things are coming about. And in 2023, we're going to see the end of a lot of things that are propping up the deep state. But we have to keep spreading the truth. And all of you out there that are members of Bard's Nation, I know you've been paying attention and you've been doing that. So let's continue as individuals to spread the truth, to get involved in our communities and our counties. I really like, uh, Scott, your program for the county by county, and I'm pleased to be a member. I'll be a podcaster for the local news report you talked about. I think that is a very key uh, component here, along with the constitutional sheriffs, along with cleaning out our local voting roles that we can do at a county level. There's so many things now we know what to do, because what we've learned in 2022, it's, it's us. We have to right the ship of state. We hope that there's a military takedown in the back. I believe there is, and I, that's one of my examples to prove it. I think it's happening. But we, as individuals, need to go out and right the ship of state and, and take the world back from these evil guys. I mean, this is an evil, satanic world that's been bubbling now for centuries. And we, you know, the exciting part is I think we're going to be the generation that takes it back. So happy Christmas. Have a great Christmas, a great new year. Be uh, be of good cheer, and I'll see you on the flip side in 2023. Bye. Hey, everybody. You know, I do so much work in so many different areas, and a lot of what I do is battling bad guys and fighting, and uh, it's hard, dirty work, and it, it is what it is, and I'm honored that God allows me to do it. But today I get to talk to you about something beautiful. My friend Scott Casterson reached out to me and he says, Hey, Tom, you know, we're doing this Christmas recording. Would you mind talking a little bit and, you know, sending us a Christmas message? And I got to tell you, I've been more excited about this than probably anything I could list. And then, uh, yeah, even my friend's resistance chicks uh, reached out and, and, and reminded me about this, which didn't take any reminding. I've actually been excited since Scott said something. So I get to talk to you guys about something that makes me purely and truly happy today. No bad guys, no evil, no nasty. I get to talk to you about Christmas, right? For anybody that doesn't know, and a lot of this is out of character for me, right? So you get the big mean lawyer that fights bad guys and punches bad guys. I love Santa Claus. I am the oldest man on the planet who 100% believes in Santa Claus. I love him. I support everything Santa. I am an advocate for Santa. If he needed a lawyer, I'd do it for free. Uh, I just, I, I'm all in on Santa and Christmas, right? I got my Christmas tree back there. Uh, if it's Christmas, I'm in, right? So, so what's the deal with that? Uh, I'll, I'll even tell you this. So when I was a little kid, you know, the little boys, uh, because when I was a little boy, we still actually we're little boys uh you know you pretend to be a superhero and uh you know what superhero i wanted to be santa claus i always wanted to be santa claus uh why what's this thing why, why do you want to be santa claus why do you love santa well, let's talk about santa right two thousand years ago in an 
unadorned, crappy little stable, God allowed us to receive the most incredible gift that humanity's ever received, the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. He wasn't born in a glorious area. He wasn't born in a palace. He was a son of a carpenter and a nobody. He was, a, he was born in a stable with animals. Nothing grand, nothing special. And he was born with full knowledge that he was going to die a horrible death on a cross. But was born with joy because he knew through that death that we all received life. That we received the opportunity to live eternally with God. Man, that's beautiful. Jesus gave us hope. He gave us purpose. And for those that don't understand Christianity, you know, for those that want to call us evil Christian nationalists, well, guess what? Let me explain to you. I, yeah, I'll take it. We're not going to fight because it's Christmas. So what I'm going to tell you is I'm going to ask you to think about this. Christianity teaches love. It teaches love your neighbor. Do unto others. Don't judge people, but you can judge actions. Stand for justice. Stand for righteousness. Be good to people. These are all things that are from Christianity. Now, granted, there's been a lot of people who've used Christianity for bad purposes. But there's people who use good things for bad reasons all the time, right? A gun can be used to go hunt and, and to get you food. Or it could be used for evil purposes. An object or an item or something, yeah, there's always good things used for bad reasons. Christianity is no different. But Christianity itself stands for goodness. It stands for love and appreciation. We're not supposed to hate anybody, even our enemies, right? We were given this gift of Jesus Christ completely without any ask, without anything. They just, God's like, hey, I want to save you guys. Here's my son. So let me tell you about Santa Claus. Santa Claus, you know, I mean, he, he eats a lot of sweets, but I suppose if I ate as many cookies as he does, I would probably, uh, I'd probably be a little bowl full of jelly-ish myself. Uh, I tend to get that way anyways, even uh, without the cookies, because I'm getting old now. But Santa, big, happy, jolly guy, lives in the North Pole and is still happy. I mean, I, by the end of winter, I'm kind of grumpy and I live in Ohio, right? I mean, who, who can you imagine the cold and miserable nature of, of the North Pole? Man, I'd be grumpy. But not Santa. Santa's jolly. And he lives up there and he spends the better part of a of 11 and a half months or so building toys. What's he get out of those toys? Nothing. Nothing. He doesn't even get to watch the kids who he makes them for open them. He builds these toys. He works his tail off. Then on one day a year, he works all year for one day. One day. And on that, that day that he worked for all year long, He goes out and works 10 times harder and take presents all over the world. And that's tough. 
Then you say, well, what did Santa get out of this, right? Did he get a paycheck? No. Did he get, you know, the joy of the kids giving him hugs and saying thank you? No. He doesn't even see him open the presents. He just knows he did good for people. I love Santa Claus because Santa Claus is the spirit of good. I also love Santa because he doesn't ask for anything. He doesn't need anything. And I believe in Santa. 2,000 years ago, my Savior was born in a stable. Have I got a picture of him? No. Can I prove to you that he's the Son of God? Not really. I mean, I, it's a, I'm a lawyer, right? So I look at evidence. Have I got evidence? Yeah, I got lots of evidence. But can I prove it? Nope. No. But here's what I know. I choose to believe in Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ makes my world better. After 2,000 years, there's plenty of evidence, and we can go over the evidence. I mean, you know, there's, there's tons of miracles. There's been all sorts of things that have been documented. The fact that we're still talking about him 2,000 years is in, uh, later is in and of itself a miracle. You know, but here's the thing. Faith is always a choice. It's not about proof. I choose to believe in Jesus. And by believing in Jesus, I believe the world's a better place. I don't need proof. It's good enough for me to have faith. I also believe in Santa Claus. Why do I believe in Santa Claus? Because I believe Santa Claus is the spirit of goodness and giving. Goodness and giving. Isn't that worth believing in? There might be a parallel in my mind between Santa and Jesus. I mean, after all, Santa, St. Nicholas. Uh, yeah, I'll let you do some homework on that, right? But I love, love, love this whole thing. Jesus Christ was the ultimate gift. He was given to us to save us. And if we believe in him, then we believe we'll be saved. And if we believe we'll be saved, then life has meaning and we'll live our lives as good people because if you believe in him and believe he's here to save you, you'll do what he wants you to do because it's the right thing to do. If he's going to do that for us, we ought to do something for him, at least try and be good. I mean, we all fail. I fail every day. I mean, I'm a lawyer, for God's sakes. I mean, I can't go five minutes without doing something terrible. But we try to be good because we believe in Jesus. I also try and be good because I believe in Santa, and I know he's watching. If any kids are watching this, by the way, you better watch out because he does. He knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. I love Santa Claus so much. And for any of you kids want to know something, I believe in Santa as much as I believe in anything I can believe in. But know something. My faith in Santa is a choice. My faith in Jesus is a choice. My faith in God is a choice. And if you're looking for proof, well, I've been trying to catch Santa every Christmas for many years, and I haven't caught him yet. Just because I haven't caught him doesn't mean I don't believe in him. And I want to urge you, try that. Try faith. Try faith without proof. It's a wonderful feeling. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And the more you give, the more you're willing to believe, the more you're willing to offer up your faith, the more you'll be rewarded with evidence. And the more you'll be rewarded in more ways than I can tell you. I don't deserve the rewards I've gotten, but for the gift I was given that first Christmas. 
but I was given that gift the first Christmas. And so I've earned those rewards through that gift. I hope you'll do the same. I want to wish you all the merriest of Christmases and tell you to please join me. Believe in Santa. Share this. Love this. And uh, be good to each other. God bless and Merry Christmas. Good evening, everyone. Merry Christmas to everyone out there in Bards Nation. Thank you very much, Scott, for having me be a part of this. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Zach Payne. I have a channel called Red Pill 78, uh, a show called Red Pill News. And uh, I'm really happy to be able to be here with you guys and to be a part of something that I think is so vitally important. Very, very special. Uh, you know, we have been through some really difficult times in the last several years. I think that's indisputable. But need I remind you that hard times make hard men. To me, this is an opportunity. We are being forged and hardened like Damascus steel. And at the end of the day, we're going to come out the other side and we're going to be all the better for it. It's had amazing effects on the people here in America. You know, just a couple of years ago, uh, most people were asleep, I would say. Most people didn't realize what was truly happening behind the scenes. They thought they could trust the leaders of this nation. They thought they could trust the institutions like maybe the FBI, maybe the DOJ. It would have been unthinkable for many people to admit to themselves that we were living in a system that was designed to destroy us. But I think we've been given a gift because we've been allowed to recognize this world and this corrupt system for what it is. And in the new year, we have another opportunity to start again, to recommit ourselves, and to be the person, the man, the woman that God has intended us to be. So what does answering the call mean to me? Well, you know, I think back again to Jesus and his moment of doubt and fear in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he wondered for a moment if he was answering God's call in the way that it was meant to be interpreted. He asked God, if it's possible, take this cup from me, take this burden. He was facing certain demise. And for a moment, he didn't know if that was what God truly wanted from him or if that was what he was even supposed to do. We are now standing at the precipice, looking out into the abyss, asking ourselves, what is it that God wants me to do? We are being given a choice. We can answer God's call or we can stick our heads back in the sand and choose to do nothing. And if you take a look back at the last several decades of American history, I think we can see exactly what happens when people don't answer God's call, when people do choose to stick their heads in the sand. They choose to ignore what's happening around them, thinking that it's too big of a problem. How can they, one person, have any significant impact? But you are more powerful than you could possibly imagine. And hopefully some of you already realize that. God is calling each and every one of you to be an instrument of him in your own community. And that, to me, is the most beautiful thing that I can possibly imagine. We don't have to trust other people to save us. We don't have to rely on institutions to take care of us. We have the wonderful gift of self-determination. We can choose to be an instrument of God's will 
in our own communities. And that means something different for every single one of you. The possibilities are literally endless. For some of you, maybe that means you're going to lead a group at church. For others, maybe that means you're going to start a soup kitchen or you're going to start a farming cooperative. Maybe it means you're going to become a precinct committeeman, or maybe it means you're going to run for office, or maybe you're going to start a podcast. I don't know. That's only something that you can determine. What skills do you have? What gifts has God given you that you can put into action and make a difference in your own community? I want every single one of you to look in the mirror and ask yourself, what can I do and how can I do it? And how can I help ensure that America remains for future generations? Because I'll tell you one thing, Scott and I were talking about this the other night. The only way we'll be able to do this is with the eternal faith that is granted to us and our trust in God. You have to have that foundation of faith. And I see people out there losing their will every single day. I see people walking away. Somebody on Truth Social said, what is there to be merry about? Hey, I have a ton to be grateful for. I have beautiful people in my personal life. I have incredible friends that I've made as a result of answering God's call. I've seen the changes taking place all around us for the good and the bad. And what reason would people have to become better if it wasn't for the need to address some issue in their community, in their own home? I'm asking every single one of you to be the man or woman that God has intended. In 2023, you can take your vision for what that means to you and you can implement it. And at the end of 2023, you can look back and you say, man, <clears throat> I really answered the call. I actually did. And I would love to hear about it. I'm sure Scott would love to hear about it too. But this is not something that we can just sit back and wait for somebody else to do. This has to be a decision, a conscious choice that you make in your own life. And at the end, when you get called home and you're doing a review of your life, you'll be able to answer God and tell him that, yeah, I actually did it. I truly answered the call when you needed me most and when America and humanity needed me most. And with that, I'm going to leave you. Uh, I want to say thank you once again to Scott for having me here. I uh, hope that made sense. And I hope that everyone has a happy and blessed New Year. Merry Christmas. It's such an honor to share a message of hope, strength, restoration, and miracles with you all this night. At this moment in time, as we witness the restoration of our great nation and prepare for the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We'd like to take a moment to read some scripture and commentary out of the Founders Bible, starting in Isaiah 9, verse 2, regarding the birth and reign of the Prince of Peace and the miracle birth of the United States of America. Isaiah 9, verse 2 says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light, those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. You shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence as with the gladness of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, as at the battle of Midian. For every boot of the booted warrior in the battle tumult, and cloak rolled in blood, 
will be for burning, fuel for fire. For a child is born unto us, a son will be given unto us. And the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. It was a true miracle birth, how God became man and the government now rests upon his shoulders. How we will move from dark to light and be glad as men divide the spoils of war. There was another miracle birth that we'd like to share, and that is the birth of our great nation. Here's a bit of commentary on page 1037 of the Founder's Bible titled Heavenly Birthright. In 1776, a courageous band of American patriots representing the people of the 13 English colonies gathered in Philadelphia and declared war against the great British Empire. The King of England ruled most of the civilized world and his disciplined and highly skilled army and powerful navy were unequaled. Undaunted, this small but determined band of freedom fighters, of farmers and merchants and lawyers, declared the birth of a new nation, the 13 United States of America. The Declaration of Independence first, very first paragraph states its cause and purpose, to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume the powers of the earth and the laws of nature and nature's God entitled them. You know, this, this is an amazing Bible. You know, it goes on to say in this commentary, thus our declaration is America's birth certificate. But it is more, much more than that. It is a petition to God for a miracle birth. Backed up first by an appeal to the options of mankind in the court of public opinion. And lastly, an appeal to the supreme judge of the world in a court of heaven. Thus, the declaration is both a political and legal document designed to establish the righteousness of our claim on earth and in heaven to become a free and independent nation in the family of nations. So right now we're in a unique moment in time as the people are, are repenting to the Lord and acknowledging our birthright and the covenant that has been established between God and man at the founding of our nation. Remember what, what is written in 2 Chronicles 7 verse 13. If I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, and my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, will heal their land. 
We encourage all of you to download the Angel Studios app and watch season three, episode three of The Chosen tomorrow, Christmas Day at 6 p.m. Central. This is where Jesus returns to his hometown to celebrate the new year, God's new year, right? That takes place on Rosh Hashanah, which for us in 2022 is on September 27th. I know that this will be a very special episode and will bring blessings into your home. You know, while you spend this special time with your family. And, you know, many are beginning to learn that December 25th is not the actual day of Christ's birth. And there may be many pagan traditions that have been molded into the holiday known as Christmas. However, the enemy is determined to completely remove Jesus from our culture. We must not let him do that. By every day, giving glory to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who is God, manifest in the flesh, born of a virgin, sacrificed his life on the cross, and rose again on the third day. See, this is the Great Awakening. And soon, we will witness the greatest revival and harvest of souls this world has never seen. God's kingdom is being established on earth this very minute. And he's going to use all of you and this great nation to usher it in. So stand firm. Have hope, keep the faith, and be encouraged for you were born for such a time as this. God bless you this holiday season. And God, God bless, bless the United, United States, States of America. America. Good evening. Hey, this is Mark, and I'm coming to you from Baker's Green Acres in northern, northern Michigan. And uh, we're having some serious weather here right now. But anyway, uh, I got a message from Scott yesterday, I think. Thanks for the lead time there, Scott. Appreciate it. Wanted to know if I could offer a message of encouragement to his listeners. And immediately I was like, yeah, oh yeah, I sure can. And uh, well, here it is. All right, so uh, we're a farm in northern Michigan. We've been farming this piece of property for 18 years. Uh, I'm a retired GI. I worked for the U.S. military for 20 years. Uh, we got into this small farming game and uh, have done pretty well with it. And in the last 10 years, we've been offering adult education so we can show other people how to do what, what we're doing. And uh, what I'm seeing lately in the last, oh, two years, I'd say, is a different group of people coming into farming. And at first it kind of uh, set me to wondering, why would these people want to be into farming? You know, these were what I guess you'd call urban professionals uh, with already established careers. And they're coming into the, you know, the, the intentional lifestyle of livestock and food production or uh, vegetable production and greenhousing and, and butchering and egg laying and all the things that we do in small farms and, and homesteading. And when I ask the question, why are you guys doing this? Uh, I get a, a myriad of responses, but usually it's because, well, uh, we're losing confidence in the institutions that we had relied on for so long and so it's time for us to take this into our own hands and this is where the message of of hope and optimism comes from because i've been optimistic 
forever. I, I just I just think really good things are around the corner. Um, and you know, you get asked the question, well, why did you get out of the military and go into farming? Well, it's because of things I saw when I traveled around the world that really all we need is food, water, warm place to stay is great, you know, and the ability to create our own security, you know, food security and other types of security. And that is all part of our American heritage. And it's there if you want it and you're willing to take it. Uh, and I'm seeing a large number of people wanting to get into this lifestyle. And that encourages me because we're all seeing the things that we're seeing in our country. Most of it stems from poor leadership, not just over the last couple of years either. This is poor leadership for a long time. And because of the poor leadership, the system that was created by many, many people over a long period of time has been corrupted. And now it's deteriorating and it's, it's destroying itself. Okay. <laughs> I don't think there's much we can do to prop it up, but we have to create an alternative. And that's where, it, that's where the good news is because that is within our ability to do. And we have to remember that we're wonderfully created beings and we have a lot of ability and, um, we have kind of a saying around here that you want to look at the three C's. You want to look at uh, competence. If you are competent at something, if you're good at it, and you know everything there is to know about it, from there comes confidence. You're confident in what you're doing. And when you have those two things, all of a sudden you have people come to you and say, we want to be part of your community. We want to, we want to know how to, and then we, we train them and then they train theirs and, and so on and so on. So we have become a bit of a society that waits to be, uh, served by everybody. And we don't, we aren't really interested in doing for ourselves until now, until now, you know, it's run its course. And now people are saying, okay, come on, it's time that we, we take a hold of this because our leadership is terrible. Um, the institutions that we relied on for years and years and years, we found out in the last few years, we really can't depend on them very much. So we have to, it falls back to us. It's always been our responsibility anyway, those of us that are head of household and heads of communities, we know it's our responsibility and we really shouldn't be handing it over to anyone else. So now is the time and I see people you know, I'm not, I'm not having to shake people and say, you need to do this. People are coming to me and saying, show me how to do this. And I'm sure we'll show you how to do it because all boats will float higher. We will all do better. And there's a lot of, uh, confidence in, uh, our lives going forward. If we take hold and, and do what we need to do, we need to become more self-reliant, we need to know how to grow food. We need to know how to do everything from delivering a baby to stitching a wound and everything in between. And uh, those things are all there. We're in an, an information age where you can find anything out that you want. And now is the time. So I'm, I'm optimistic for the future because I see people coming to this a lot. So there's my message. I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas 
and go into the new year and do the thing. Do the thing and you will have the power. And remember, anyone can farm. Good night. Bard's family. Okay, so here we are, Resistance Chicks. We're in our polytunnel with our pigs who are going to be snorting and grunting the whole time we do this Christmas wish to you guys. <laughs> okay, real deal. Move the box so that no one sees that you're moving the box, <laughs> Leah. There we go. What is in the box? Bread. Bread that we get donated. We were doing our Christmas special in our studio. And Leah said, no, we have to go out with the pigs. And so here we are. And why? Because as we're celebrating Christmas this year, we want you guys to be encouraged in whatever you are doing to live as self-sufficiently and back to God's most perfect way mm. as possible. Right. Because that's where our heart is. We cover the news. Right. We talk about all the things that are going on in today's day and age. And this right here, Getting out here, I, I literally am watching where I step because there's like half-eaten pumpkin over here. I right before we came <laughs> in and there's a pumpkin, half-eaten pumpkin right underneath the tripod here. Exactly. This is real deal. This is real life. And this is what I love about the Bards family. I know, it's my favorite part. I love that Scott encourages you guys to live off the land and to get back to nature and nature's yeah. God. You know, yesterday uh, we were out here because we're gonna have a, a blizzard yeah. Negative 25 degree uh, wind, wind chill. chill. Wind like chill. negative two actual degrees. And so, so there's cold. a lot of different things we have to do to get our, our pigs and chickens ready to have that kind of drastic temperature change because it's like 44 today. Um, and so one of the things we did was we put up some extra plastic. Um, we don't really encourage you guys to put heat lamps inside of your barns, but there is one behind me. It's connected with a strap just in case it, it gets too cold. Not for the pig's sake, our pigs will be fine because animals, especially pigs, cows, and chickens, they're good with weather, okay? And uh, you just wanna block the wind. That's the number one thing I've learned. I love during our Christmas special, we're just giving you homesteading tips in yeah, the Bards FM exactly, special. Exactly, exactly. So <laughs> yeah, over here we've got a water uh, tunnel, uh, our water bin that we have a pond deicer on. And you know, sometimes in the winter, you're gonna go out and you're gonna get your best workout because you're gonna be breaking up ice. Um, you're gonna be helping animals in, in distress. And that brings us back to what I, my visions of Christmas. God sent his son to help a world in distress. Oh, that's really good. Okay. And Did you plan that? Us, no. <laughs> <laughs> and to help us in those hard moments, you know? Um, we're out here. I know Scott's gonna probably visit with his cows away in a manger, no crib for a bed. Um, he was, Jesus was born, whether it was a cave or a manger, we do know that there was no room for him in the end. Yeah. Okay. And if there's no room for you in the end, oh, right now- Oh, come on and preach. God might have a great plan for your life. Wow. So my prayer for you guys, this Bard's family, uh, you givers of all giving. Scott tells me all the time, you guys are in the chat, if there's a family who needs a furnace, the homesteading family who needed a a van <laughs> you guys are there that's what family is all about amen and god impressed upon me something this morning that a lot of you guys and even us you don't have family that you can do christmas with mm. because of maybe abuse maybe alcoholism um maybe a, a parental abandonment maybe you just don't mesh well right now with your family 
you have a family. That's okay? good. <laughs> you have a heavenly family. The Bible says that he puts the fatherless into families. And right now, I will say this, you are my family. Bard's family, and we actually got to really become family with you guys in Plymouth this year. We did, so many of you guys came out from just hearing about it from Scott, and, and you know who you are, and we love you guys. We were able to go back to our, essentially the very foundations <laughs> of our nation. Yeah. Plymouth, Massachusetts, where the pilgrims landed. They actually landed in Cape Cod and then they went down to Plymouth, but where they started their first community. And that's a theme that Scott keeps hammering over and community. over and over again is community. Because if you have a tight knit community that's based on the word of God, mm -hmm. you can do what the pilgrims came here to do and that spread the gospel yeah. to an entire land we yeah. are unstoppable and so my encouraging message for you guys this christmas this holiday season be very very excited about what god is doing in his kingdom yeah. yes the world is going to probably divulge into chaos but the kingdom of god the body of christ is going to be going to a place that we have not seen for hundreds of, probably since jesus christ that's alignment. my opinion alignment. we are aligning with where god okay. is taking us these all these worldly things they have to fall away that's right in order for us to be able to utilize community you know what? It's better to give than to receive. Amen. And to find somebody in need that you can help. Scott has been encouraging you guys, encouraging us to ask God to give you places to, to give, yeah. even if it's just small. And, you know, we just did a Christmas special on the Christmas Carol. And one of the challenges I made to our viewers, and I'm going to make to you and I make to myself, let me keep Christmas the way mm. Scrooge did at the end of Christmas Carol. Come on and Where preach. he's going around and he's like, who can I give to? Who can I help? Who can I bless? And you say, well, I'm not a millionaire. I'm not rich like Scrooge was. No, no, no. Because his, his uh, nephew, Fred, he wasn't rich. But uh, one of the, the Christmas angels had said to him, Fred is storing up treasures in heaven, basically. Okay, so you have treasures in heaven. We want you to call upon those. We want you to use those. Whether it's a kind word in the grocery store, that's whether it, it's a exactly smile. It. If you don't have money, that's okay. Maybe you've got time. Maybe you've got a truck and you can give somebody a, 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 a help moving something. You can something. pray with people. You can pray for people. We can store up treasures in heaven. And I know it seems inconsequential, but it is not. It is of major consequence when the, when the whole host of heaven sees you do an act that represents Jesus here on earth, it causes things to happen in the spirit realm that you don't even see. Yeah. So we're going to pray for you guys and encourage you to get a little bit more off the grid this year. And yes. maybe we might all be thrown into ice water together <laughs> and have to swim. Okay. Exactly. We're going to pray that God opens doors for you, for you to, because the best time for me is when I come outside. Mm. Now I go inside and we get on the camera and we make videos because we gotta fight the fight. That's right. Okay, why am I fighting? I have to ground myself and remember this is what I'm fighting for. I'm fighting for marriages to be restored. I'm fighting for children to be have a mom and a dad to be raised in a healthy environment. And we're only gonna do it with the gospel of Jesus Christ, which means repentance and forgiveness and loving God with all our heart and all our soul and all our strength and loving our neighbor as ourselves. These are the two commandments that sum up all the other commandments. So I want you guys to throw off every single religious theological impediment that's keeping you from just loving God and loving your neighbor because you're probably not interpreting the Bible correctly if it's not leading you to more love God and love your neighbor. Boom, you said it.
So with that, Merry Christmas from what we call God's Little Acre to your little or big acre, or maybe it's an apartment wherever you are at celebrating Christmas this year. We are thankful for you and we send a blessing to you for God to be able to pour out his spirit on you so strong this coming year. We love you guys. God loves you. God bless. Merry Christmas. When was Jesus born? There's no consensus. And if we're being honest, we don't know. But what we do know is when he wasn't born, on the winter solstice. So how did we get from here to here? And how do we get back to here? We all know the story of the three wise men, but they weren't actually wise men. They were Babylonian magicians. And these three magicians were the only people in the entire world who knew that the king was going to be born. Babylonian magicians, how did this happen? The story begins in Babylon, where Daniel the prophet jumped ahead in the space-time continuum and witnessed the birth of the Messiah. He then told his apprentices when this would happen and what they were to look for. And this tradition of Daniel was passed down for 500 years. So when the Magi's observed the sign in the sky of the coming king, they packed up their camels with gifts and headed west to the promised land. When they arrived at Herod's temple, they imagined that the people would be celebrating the arrival of their king. Sadly, this was not the case. In fact, the opposite was true. In a desperate attempt to stifle the arrival of the true king, King Herod put out the decree to kill all of the baby boys under the age of two. How could such a terrible thing happen? It's pretty simple, actually. When God's people stop looking for him, bad things happen. So during this time of year, when we observe the birth of the savior of the world, how much better to be the unqualified stranger from a strange land who sets out looking for the king than to be God's people who miss the signs. Brother Scott, God bless you and your ministry. And Merry Christmas, Bard's family. Hey, Bard's Nation. This is Brad Cummings. What a pleasure to come and be with you guys. Um, I want to wish you a very merry Merry Christmas. I hope it's the best one you've ever had ever. I know the world is full of turmoil and pain and difficulty, but we have good news of great joy. And I'm excited to kind of unpack some of, as I was preparing for this and Scott was asking, you know, what the, the sort of theme being answering the call, um, I got to tell you, it led me into a marvelous time of fellowship with the Lord and uh, our Father. And man, he unpacked some things for me that I had never seen um, that were locked up in the, the, the Christmas story in a way that I just, you know, I've known this for 50 some years, but I don't think I've ever seen it like I just did. So I, I hope that in the next little bit of time, I could unpack some of that for you as an absolute Christmas gift. Um, this this call that we're answering, I, I think um, 
I think there's a great verse in um, Philippians 3.14 where it talks about, Paul says, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God that is in Christ Jesus. And I, do yourselves a favor this um, this week. At some point, go through the entire book of Philippians. It's like four pages, four little chapters, but it will blow your mind. Um, some highlights, Paul says, for I am confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. He talks about how to live, for me to live as Christ, to die as gain. He's calling us to stand firm in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of this gospel. His confidence is the fact for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. And, and, and when he gets to this whole bit, he, he's wanting to know something about the intimacy and the fellowship with Jesus Christ. It's like he's had an incredible revelation. The mystery hidden from all the ages has been entrusted to him to reveal, which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. But he, he prays, he says, I want to know, I want to know you, the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of his, his sufferings, being conformed to his death. The last two, I don't think a lot of people ever um, talk much about, like who wants to know the fellowship of his sufferings and being conformed to his death. But I got to tell you, there is something in this that is a call for us to answer. And I, I just want to encourage you, um, it's an upward call. It's not a downward one. It's not sideways. Um, God knew exactly what he was doing when he called you, when he chose you, he chose you for now. He didn't, he could have brought you forth on this planet at any other time in history, but guess what? Everybody that's hearing my voice right now, God chose you. He chose you on purpose. He chose you with intelligence and brilliance of a, for, uh, of a foresight. He, he knows what he's doing. And he decided to put you on the planet now. So I would say the biggest mistake you could ever make at answering this call is wishing you were someplace else. We, we, we're so, it says in Hebrews that we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses that they're uh, in, in the balcony of heaven looking down with a sense of awe and wonder. And I, I wonder who it is that God has chosen to show up in the finale of what's going on on planet Earth. And we're in for a glorious time that God has saved the best wine for last. Um, he is no way going to turn this place over to evil and let it win. And so I want to confidently declare to you, when he decided to do this whole thing, he already made um, provision for the entire redemption of our planet for each and every one of us. And he did it before the foundation of the earth, Bef before he ever started, he had already figured out a plan. And, you know, it's like, you know, I don't know what Q's plan is. I do know what Jesus's plan. And I know you can trust that one. And so I want to encourage you. There's something glorious um, to behold. And as I was thinking about Jesus, and I say about this great cloud of witnesses, I'm going like, what in the world do we do at a, at a precarious time? It's, I hope you're warm. I hope your lights are on. I hope you're not in the, in the thick of adverse circumstances. But even if you are, I want to encourage you. 
God has chosen you for such a time as this. And I think if we dig into this, we're going to see something that is so glorious that um, you're going to be thrilled that uh, you're here. And I, I, want, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Um, I kind of want to give the greatest Christmas little message that never gets preached. And I don't really understand why more people don't understand this and why they, they don't look at it. But if we knew what God thought about us, I'd tell you, you'd be unstoppable. If you really knew how God thought about you, you would be head over heels in love with him as a response, just natural. If you really knew how he thought about you, trusting him would not be difficult. The love exchange that would happen in that would displace the moments of fear because you would you would absolutely recognize you are smack dab in the center of his focus and attention. He's promised to never leave you, never forsake you. It's not even possible. He's decided to take up residence dwelling inside you, so you, you can't lose him. And so if we tapped into how he actually thought and felt about us, I think it would change everything. And I think it is absolutely tied up in the message of Christmas. And I'd encourage you, um, when you have a chance, go to Luke 2. Because I think this is so, this is such an amazing story, the time of Christmas, when you know, and I know Jesus wasn't born in in um, December. To be honest, it's like all that that um, tomfoolery of stuff. They've tried to take um, pagan holidays and Christianize them, and I don't really think you need to be all upset. I just think you need to know the story. But the reality is, when Jesus showed up on Earth, all of heaven could not contain themselves. And it's the story of when they came to the shepherds. It's like they, they they just couldn't contain themselves. God, I don't know if you've I don't know if you thought about this, but God chose to leave heaven and to come to earth. And it didn't just show up as a as a mature 30-year-old. He decided to actually come as a baby. And that's something that God just sort of blew my mind. It's like if I was God, I don't know that I would take the time to uh, be a sperm that impregnates an egg inside Mary, and boom, the, 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 the power of life begins. And then he takes nine months to actually be in that little womb and then go through the, the challenge of being born and taking his very first breath. And then a cry goes out to all the world. And, and it's like, I, I think there's something stunning in the fact that God actually chose to become one of us. And I think there's something extraordinary about that. You end up going like, why? I think God was doing something that the angels didn't dare to, to try to comprehend. They just thought it was too outrageous and amazing. And so out in the middle of the field, um, you got a bunch of shepherd guys, and God decides to show up to them as one of the first groups to bring the announcement 
of the best news, the greatest day ever to hit the planet, and he wants to announce it to them. What's crazy about the shepherds is they were sort of the throwaways in society. They, 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 their testimony was not even accepted in the court of law. They were not highly thought of. They, they, they weren't pursued or sought after. Um, they were sort of just kind of forgotten, and they were the nobodies. And they were, they were less than the nobodies because no one really wanted to do their job. And that's who the angels show up. It's like they're so excited about what just happened. They couldn't contain themselves. So they show up and they say, you know, great news. Today is born for you, a savior. And, and what they ended up crying out is a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign. You're going to go find a baby wrapped in, in um, cloths and lying in a manger. And that's all cute, but a manger is a feeding trough. That's kind of a crazy thing to put a baby in a feeding trough. And he said, and, and, and all of a sudden, a multitude of angels. It's in chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, and verse 14 is the one you want to land on. The angels just, it's like they can't contain themselves. They're hiding behind the curtain of heaven, and they just have to pull it back for a second, and they got to shout out the news. And they say, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. Why is it that that is not what we are proclaiming all the time, that last bit, that God is so excited about humanity that he decided to become one of us? He didn't have to. He's God. He could do whatever he wants. He, he could decide however he wants to make salvation. But he was so excited about this plan. It hatched before the foundation of the world. And he chose to become one of us in our midst. And he wanted that to be the greatest news of all the planet. And it was declared by the angels. And it's done for the, the sheer motive, the fact that with man, God is pleased. The reason I think that's the Christmas message that's never preached is because that is not what most people think that is God's thoughts of them. Isaiah 55 says that, you know, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts and God's ways are higher than our ways. And I think most people think that, well, he's just more powerful and he's more brilliant. And the context of those verses are the redemption of man, God's thoughts of us, our value, his, his dream, his desire for us is higher than the most arrogant, silly little ideas of man. God is for team humanity like nobody else in all the universe. He's absolutely for us. If you knew that, your life would be different. Part of answering the call is understanding the one who is calling for us to respond to him. And, and I sat there and I kind of went, you know, God could have just showed up as an adult, finished. He didn't have to go through 30-some years of obscurity, doing what we would consider kind of nothing, the ordinary, everyday life. 
Do you realize that God considered all that time extraordinary? He was so desirous of a thing of intimacy and fellowship that was not just theoretical. He wanted to know what it was to be like his creation. This whole notion of God deciding to create, created the whole expanse of the universe, as, as amazing as it is. But the thing that was so extraordinary is God decided to do something that had never been done. It was almost like too glorious for the angels to consider. God wanted to make a being, humans, a man, in his own image and likeness. And that was so extraordinary that it was almost like that was the trigger for the, the guy that we know as Satan, the devil, Lucifer. Those are not his names. They're more titles of what things are. So whatever his name was, he was the actual pinnacle of all the creation of the angelic order. Second only to God in wisdom and in beauty. And he, he and God were best friends before he fell. And when God made man, it's as if Satan sat there going like, wait a minute. What you're intending to do seems just too far. You, you, you're, you're, you're creating something. It's like you're giving them too much freedom. You're giving them too much power and decision-making. They're going to hurt you. This was sort of the, a jealous response of someone that did love God, but he thought God was making a mistake. God was going too far. This is not going to turn out well. God was creating a being that was even more glorious than the second in charge of all of heaven. And I think in that moment, that's where the pride entered in. It's like he genuinely, almost protectively, thought God was making a mistake. And it's like God was not. But that was the trigger that caused Satan, Lucifer, to fall. And then as opposed to guarding man and looking after him, he actually seduced them and tempted them to do the very thing he was afraid they were going to do and hurt God is to rebel. And it's as if that's been his accusation. You can see that in the book of Job. It's as if, you know, God's up in heaven with all the other sons of God, the council of heaven. And that's a little odd thing for a lot of people to understand. But Satan had access to it. And all of a sudden he shows up and God's kind of like, where you been? Well, I've been roaming to and fro and and God, God's the guy that brings up Job. He says, have you considered my servant Job? It's like he's the, he's the best guy on the planet. And God's kind of really proud of him. And Satan kind of says, well, he just, he worships you because you give him stuff. You, you let me add him. You let me touch him. He'll curse you right to your face. He's thinking this thing, humanity, people, us, was heaven's mistake. God's experiment gone wrong. And God's going like, nah, -uh. it's not. I, I did not make a mistake. This is, this is the mystery hidden from all the ages. There's something glorious about what he designed us and what he designed us for. 
And I think if we understood that, we would live different. We would feel different. We'd probably be a few inches taller in our, in our stature because we saw ourselves with kind of that dignity, that investment. It's like, I think Satan thought you've invested way too much in this creation. This is not going to turn out well. I think God's going, no, I'll take that bet. I think it will. And, and as, as we look at this, I just want to encourage you. God decided that he was going to so identify with you and me. He wanted to have that kind of relationship, that the intimacy that you and I could experience, he wanted to know for himself. He didn't want to theorize about it. He wanted to know what it felt like to be born, to take a first breath, to take a first step. He had to, just like you and I, he had to grow up and discover the voice of his father that, 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 that dwelled within him. He, he needed to discover his purpose, his own calling. He needed to obey his parents. He needed to do his chores. He was just like you and I growing up, growing strong, growing in wisdom. He lived as a human being in all of its limits and frailty, weakness and dependence. And he didn't call upon his godness, but he lived as a man empowered by the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that you and I have access to every day. He lived limited by that, and he grew in spirit, and he grew strong. And that, that, that's responding to the call every single day. God celebrated what it was to be a human, to know what it was like. He experienced cold. He experienced hunger. He experienced betrayal. He experienced accusations. He experienced, you know, he's just a bastard kid. It's like Mary, you know, she got knocked up. No one looked at Jesus and went, oh, that's God in the flesh. They didn't know who he was. He was hiding in an earth suit. God, very God, and enjoying every single day of it with you and I. And, and he, he had friends. The disciples became intimate, awesome, wonderful friends that he loved dearly. You know, he would pray prayers, and he would, with loud cries and tears, he called out to his father, to Abba. I just want to encourage you to kind of spend some time actually thinking about the incredible incredibleness of the incarnation, that, that God so wanted to be with us that he would become one of us and be our high priest in, in, in such a way that he knows exactly what you're going through. Probably to stretch to the nth degree of difficulty and challenge. I'm pretty sure you have not been pushed to the extremity that Jesus was. So he knows how you feel, how you hurt, what you think about, your dreams, your desires, your aspirations. You could not find a better friend, a better person to become close with, intimate with. Someone that would know your very thoughts, all that stuff. And have all the resources of the heaven to guide you, to direct you, to walk you through. That's what I think is expressed in the fact that he chose to become one of us. 
because he wanted to have the intimacy of that friendship and relationship. That's not kidding. He, he really does want that with each and every one of us that will respond to the call. That's an upward call of Christ Jesus for us to become like him. That is who you were designed to be. You were made in his image and likeness. That, that deserves a fair amount of meditation and thought to come to the, I think, staggering, profound conclusions of what that means for you and I in terms of what he has designed for, for us. And so I want to encourage you. I think there's another reason. I brought up the reason that, that Satan kind of was frightened and jealous and insecure about God choosing to make man. I think that is the tripwire of where the pride entered in. And I think it's similar. To the, and the reason I think that is because Peter, at one point, um, when Jesus was talking about going to the cross, Peter was like Jesus' biggest fan, the biggest outspoken, I'll follow you, I'll do anything, I'll, I'll, I'll die for you, Lord. And then when Jesus talked about the cross, I think Jesus loved, uh, Peter loved Jesus so much. He's just, no, Lord, that's a terrible idea. I don't want you to do that. And that's the moment at which God in, in Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. It's like, your thoughts are not like mine. Your thoughts are on man's things, not, not, not the thoughts of salvation and redemption. And But I think it was the same motivation. Peter was going like, no, Lord, that's not a good idea. I don't want anything to happen to you. That, that'd be bad. And he couldn't see the wisdom, the mystery, the whole plan of God hidden from all the ages that that was going to be the means by which redemption was brought brought about. Um, that was the whole purpose of him coming is to bring us to that place. But, but it was, it was a many fold purpose. It's like, it wasn't, you know, God came as a man because dominion was given to the race of men and only a man could take it back. And so that's one reason why he came. The other reason is he promised to never leave us, nor forsake us, to never abandon us. And when we're lost, stuck in sin, God, the nature of God, it's what love is and what love does. He came to rescue and save us. That's his passion. But then I think he wanted to have the friendship and the intimacy of knowing what it was like to be a human and all of its glory and limits and challenge and ache, the yearning. There's not a single emotion that he doesn't know intimately because he's lived it. He didn't theorize about it. You couldn't find a better person to talk to. And then lastly, I think what's so amazing is the fact that I think God was, was not going to allow the accusation of his former best friend who betrayed him, Lucifer. I don't think God was okay with Lucifer thinking this was a mistake. I don't think God needs to prove himself, but I think he was going to demonstrate for all time, through all eternity, 
for all the incredible universe he created and for the, all the angels that are still scratching their head to try to get their minds and hearts around this incredible thing of creating man in his own in image is he came and he lived as one and he demonstrated for Satan and all the rebellious angels, as well as all the guys that stayed faithful on the home team, the glorious, the glorious nature of a man who lived and depended upon the, his relationship with God, walked it out, and never once sinned. I don't know if you've thought through the implications of the fact that when God became a dependent, frail, weak, tiny little human, if he had sinned once, it would be over for him as well. He went all in. If he sinned, he would be forever locked in the state of sin and slavery to the master of, of, of sin which is Satan, Satan would have triumphed. He would have won. That was all on the line. It was utterly risked. If God messed up once as a limited human being, just relying on the power of the available Holy Spirit, if he sinned once, he would not have been a suitable savior and there were no other options. He went Texas Hold'em style. He went all in. He risked everything. Why? Because he loved you and I. Because he was so excited about what he created, and he was going to demonstrate for all time and eternity, this is what it is to be a human. This is what it is to live in fellowship with the living God through the power and the agency of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus said to the woman, I'm caught in adultery, the very act of adultery. And he tells her to go and sin no more. He was serious. That was the truth. It wasn't a lie. It wasn't hyperbole. It was possible. And before you react and kind of get all condemned, it's just, it's the life he lived. And if we would live it like him, if we would answer the call, you have no idea how extraordinary this thing can get turned around. You have everything that you need for life and fellowship and intimacy with the living God. And Satan cannot separate you from that. He can try everything he wants to try, but he doesn't have the power to separate you from the love of God. So I want to encourage you, Christmas, what is it about? It's not your birthday, but you've been given all the gifts. Why not do what I think is the answer to the call and go about the great exchange? What is that? I think God has demonstrated for you and I, he's given us all of who he is. Why? So that he can be the all in all. I think the great exchange is he's given us all of him. Your response is you can give yourself all back to him. 
the great exchange is if you give all that you have and all that you are to him, what you get in return is all that he is and all that he has. Because that's the that's the kind of life and intimacy he wants with you and I. I just want to encourage you. It's like Abraham. The very first time the, the, the term worship was ever uttered in the Bible was when God had called Abraham to say, hey, I want you to come up to the top of that mountain and I want you to worship me. And what is it he was going to worship with? He was going to give to God the thing that was his most precious thing of all. His entire future, his life, his destiny, his promise, his dream, it was his son. And I, I, I don't think Isaac was unaware of what was going on. The two of them walked up that hill with everything knowing that there was going to be a sacrifice. And the one thing missing was the thing that you typically sacrificed. And yet it happened in a day and a time when, sadly, a lot of people in worship of the fallen, they would offer their children in sacrifice. That's happening all over the place. Even to this day, just we've kind of hidden ourselves from the reality and the horror of it. But why did God, what was after that? I think God was forever making a profound statement that said, you know what? I don't want anyone to ever offer me their child. And in order to demonstrate that, I will prove to you once and for all, you bring me your most precious possession of everything, and I will show you, I will myself become that sacrifice so that you don't ever have to do that. God offered himself, his son, so that we didn't have to offer ours. I just wanna, I just wanna encourage you, there's something extraordinary that needs to take place inside each and every one of us. And we've gotta come fully um, before the living God, and we've gotta transact business that this thing becomes that real to you, to me. That his voice is not some exceptional thing. It's to be heard. It's to be, it's to be known. He wants that more than you have any idea. And so, you know, with all that's within me, I hope that somehow in the abundance of these words that you have heard, the upward call, the mystery that's been hidden of all the ages, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Isaiah 60 says something extraordinary. It's in the beginning of the Founder's Bible. It was, it was something that I was deeply impacted by. And it says, in a time of darkness and deep darkness upon the earth and the people, something glorious happens. We're called to rise and shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon what you. See, I think God wants to reveal himself first to his people and in his people, upon and through his people, before he's ever going to come for them 
Why? So that a world lost in darkness has the chance to see the light. And it says that if, as we do that, as we rise and shine, why? Because your gaze is fixed on him who is the light of the world. It then starts to shine to in the darkness as a reflected glory. And it says that kings and queens will come to the brightness of your appearing. Not his appearing, your appearing. His unveiling of his presence in you, shining and revealing that glory to the world around. That's what the life of Christ was to demonstrate for us. This is what can happen in a surrendered life that allows for full occupancy of the living God to dwell within. And wow, it can utterly change the world. So as God has already given us everything, he bankrupt heaven to bring you a forever Christmas gift of his life. I just want to encourage you, receive it. Receive all of it. Do the great exchange, all of you for all of him. You, you will come out the ultimate winner. That's what it is to answer the call. And I hope you have the best Christmas ever because you actually spend it with the one who it's his birthday. So I bless you. Merry Christmas, Bards Nation. May this be the best year ever. Alright, can I go? Yes. Hey guys, we just wanted to wish you all a Merry Christmas and say thanks to Scott for introducing us to all of you wonderful people. This is from our family to yours. I do think that all of us should say Merry Christmas though. Okay. Merry Christmas! Like together or separate? One, a two, uh, a one, two, three. Yeah. A Merry Christmas! Christmas. <laughs> One. Merry Christmas. <laughs> okay, here we go. Are we ready? Yeah. yeah. Merry Christmas. Bards Nation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From the Bear Clan to yours. From our Bear Clan to yours. Can you say that together? Yeah. Okay. From our Bear Clan to yours. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. I received his call, and for that, I'm eternally grateful. I prayed and prayed for clarity, and God answered in ways I never dreamt were possible. I spent many years looking for the truth, trying to understand why I was here, and for the first time in my life, I was given the guidance I had sought, so present, so definitively clear. We don't always understand why we're here, but if we take some time to quiet our minds from all the noise, the distractions of the world, and trust in God's plan for us above and beyond how we thought things should be, the paths we insisted on taking, the things we so stubbornly declared, we'll find a peace and calm unlike anything the world can offer. From before he called our name to the hour that we breathe our final breath. And through this call, we are so blessed with an opportunity to not only accept his grace, 
but also have a better understanding of how we can honor His many blessings and be good stewards of the gifts that we've been given. So on this day, I pray for you that when you receive His call, you will listen carefully to what it is that He has brought you here to do. Stay with the Lord and know that you are in the safest of loving hands. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. Amen. 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 May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you, he is with you in the morning, in the evening, in your coming and your going, in your weeping and rejoicing. He is for you, he is for you. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. Isaiah 6.8 Breathe in, settle down, keep it. 
I was called to tell the story of war. It was never a choice. It was always in my blood. Questioning a guy before, with their help, much different technique than we have. Driving through the countryside where I grew up, I found myself in between two worlds, both part of the times in which we live. War is not kind. It seeks no mistress or love. It ravages and it scars. It also teaches. All I did was answer the call. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Ephesians 1.11 I reflected on the path God put me on, from the fields of war to podcasting and homesteading. It's always been about obedience. Last spring, he put on my heart to raise cattle. I knew nothing of cattle. Today, they are part of my daily responsibility. We adapt, we learn, and we overcome. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Proverbs 3, 5, 6 A friend wrote me the other day. He is one of the silent warriors who has dedicated his life to the call of the nation. His burden is heavy as truth shines through and the darkness can no longer be ignored. His last words in his note to me were thus. This is the season when more veterans commit suicide than any other time of year. I have to train myself to want to be home and get rid of the mentality of being on the road and trying to save our young soldiers from this craziness. 
Not sure why I still carry this burden, but at least I am trying. This is what I wrote. You carry the burden because you always have been the guy that overcomes impossible odds. Your heart is that of a warrior. The love of the soldier who gives his life for a cause greater than himself and often greater than even he understands is something to protect and save. We share that love and compassion for them. We are in unprecedented times. A nation that has lost its relationship with God. Leaders that serve self before the declaration our country was founded on and too many veterans who retract and walk away in the hour of most need. I understand the burden you carry. I share it in my own way. It's noble and it's rare. But God only had one David, and God left Gideon with only 300. It's never been about the many, but the few who put him first and are willing to obey and sacrifice all. Chasing mountains I can't climb Holding out for heroes in the night I find myself here in the dark We learn to fight and learn who we are But I am raised up to face the stars Full of light And we are Makes you shiver and I chase the winter out of my mind like a dark in the distance. Why? We will eventually win this. It won't be easy. It won't be fast. The nation will suffer, I am afraid, and suffer deeply. Yet the legacy we leave will be witnessed in those we inspire to lead. Your time home is just a different mission. It's not with the main body of the institutional army, but in the trenches with the real army. That's America, who needs your wisdom and your leadership. Dark in the distance Why? We are one Can't hold me back, can't pin me down Can't stop the truth from ringing out 
ladies. How are we doing? How are we doing? What's going on? That's a heavy one. What are you moving out? Girl. 2023 is a transition year. We have an army to raise, even if it's one person at a time. They may not all look like soldiers, but they have hearts of lions. They love God, they love their country, and they have the heart, spirit, and soul to stand. All we have to do is listen, open the door, and let God in. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. Revelation 3.20 No matter how far we travel, there's always another mountain to climb. And even though that distance may seem impossible, we know that we can get there and overcome in our love and trust in Father God. So patriots, in this season to celebrate the birth of Jesus, listen to your heart, answer the call. Have a very blessed Christmas, have an amazing new year, and may 2023 represent the greatest revival ever known to man. This is Scott Kesterson. God bless, and out for now. The Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.
Thank you.